Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Um, and then I had a quick panic. I thought, oh no, it says in the newsletter it's about sidekicks and Jonathan. So I thought, right. So I've spent time reading 1 Samuel 9 through to 2 Samuel 5. It talks about Samuel, Saul, Jonathan, and David. But rather than talk about uh, Jonathan and the relationships that are there, I became very aware that it was to do with battles. And it was to do with relationships, the relationships between Saul and Jonathan, his son, and then the relationship between Jonathan and David. And I thought, actually, I can talk about that because... I tend to have quite a lot of battles in my head. Um, one of the verses that really jumped out to me, um, I've talked my glasses on. Um, when I was reading about uh, the Samuel, 116, 1 Samuel 16, and it's 6 to 7. Um, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so when I was reading that, I was thinking, hmm, here's a question for you all. In terms of appearance, if you look at me, please don't shout out or answer the question, but I wonder what you see. When you see me here on a Sunday morning, if you see me in the week, if you see me for praying for people, what do you see? And then I thought, hmm, what you see and what I see might be completely different. And then I thought, the heart now I had the privilege of holding a pig's heart in my hand at Christmas because Zach wanted to dissect it. And I was absolutely amazed to find that a pig's heart, which is the most similar to a human heart, I could even hold it in my hand, and I don't have big hands. And I just thought, hmm, there's a lot to think about there. Because although we do come across as being something... What the verse is saying is that God is interested in what's in my heart, what's in your heart. And so this made me think back to when I was baptized. I was given the verse in Jeremiah. It was Jeremiah 19, verse 11. Okay, and I think it might actually be in Jeremiah 29. I think I've got that wrong. Yeah, I've got the, it's actually 29, sorry. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then I read on. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. (coughs) You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And when I think of that, I think, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Well, when I stop to think about that, I was baptized young. And then, I'm not giving you my life story, don't worry, there isn't time for that. But basically, what I wanted, you know, the plans for me, I wanted to get married, I wanted to have children, and I wanted to be a head teacher. As of today, the marriage has failed, the career has failed, I'm no longer teaching, I still have my children, and that's what I've found is, that's all I've been able to do, is once the marriage broke down, I tried going back to teaching, but all I've been able to do on a daily basis is focus on the children. That's all I've been able to do is just do what I need to keep me going to be able to keep them going. But I knew that I needed to work. So I took a year out when Zach and Malachi, one was doing GCSEs, one was doing A-levels. And then Zach did his work experience and said, Mom, I found a job for you. I was like, oh, great, okay. He said, I think you'll like it because you can talk. I thought, there we go. So I applied to do the job. I was given the job. And this is where the story from today really begins because God is at work. God is at work in me but I have also been able to have God at work with me. And that's what has been really exciting. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Whenever I think of straight, I think of a Roman road. And I think, seriously, God, my life has not been walking on a straight line. But as of, you know, this year, God is at work with me. I have the opportunity. I seek permission, but I'm allowed to pray with people, pray with people who are worrying about things. I'm allowed to pray with people at the end of their life, and that is a huge privilege. I've been able to sing hymns with people, and what I've found is people who experience dementia guess what? They can remember the hymns from days gone by. And it's amazing for people who can't put a sentence together to be able to sing the hymns. Now, moving on to the pavilion, I felt like there's been a lot of preparation. A lot of you have done it, and I'm so grateful to you. But then D-Day came, you had the opening day, and guess what? I I couldn't come. And part of me thought, this is God's punishment because I haven't really been able to prepare this building or do anything towards it. I had to go to Blackpool. Four residents, four members of staff. On the Saturday, one of the members of staff was so poorly, her husband had to come and collect her. I offered to stay up and talk to a keeper company. Well, anyway, one of the owners of the hotel we were staying in was quite happy to chat. So we had this amazing conversation, and this is where I learned I wasn't missing out on what was happening with God here, because one of the guys, the the part owner, 
turns out he was brought up in church. And as we talked a bit more, it turned out we knew somebody in common. Ian Davis used to be a vicar on Barrow Island. He would speak at Spring Mount. And it turned out that Ian Davis was at this guy's wedding. And so he said, I don't really go to church anymore, but you've given me food for thought. That was one thing. Then he was talking a bit more, and he was saying he likes to help his employees who um, find trouble with their money. And so I said, oh, at the church I go to, we have a cap debt center. And he said, well, actually, there's a guy who works for me here who is a cap money coach. And I was like, get in. That's another thing to celebrate. You know, things are happening all around us. And then on the, sun, on the Monday, it was time to come home. Now, they put me next to the driver. Poor driver couldn't escape from me talking. But the reason why I was put there was because I am happy to talk to anybody and the others in the team weren't really comfortable with that. Well, it turned out that um, I got talking about church and talking about the pavilion. Well, turns out the driver lives along this back street here. And so he said, oh yes, now the parking. And I thought, oh no, please don't start talking to me about the parking. Um, I said, we've been told so many times we've got to park considerately. And praise God, he said, absolutely. You know, there wasn't a problem with the parking. So I thought that's another reason to celebrate. Fantastic. Now, I haven't got long left. And there's a song that I'd like you to listen to. Because if, you're, if you have battles in your head where sometimes uh, negative things are passing through, I want you to just listen to this song and hear the positives. And if at the end of the service you'd like me to pray with you, I'm happy to do that. The words will come up and the song will play. So part of my journey is that I've had to learn that regardless of everything that's going on in my life that I'm struggling with, I have to believe that God can use me right now and today. And the message for you is, God can use you right now, today. It's your heart that matters. Amen. Morning, everybody. Very handy. Right, so if you don't recognize me, you've been coming to church a little while. It's usually because I'm up there on the balcony, uh, VIP seats. Don't normally mix with the normal people down here. Uh, but Johnny's asked me to do this, so I've come down. So I'd just like to say thank you to the people up there who are stepping in for me this morning. Really appreciate it, so I could come down here and, and share with the rest of you. So thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, so Johnny asked me to do this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I've been at Tenerife and completely forgotten about it. And I've spent the last couple of days trying to put something together, thinking about what kind of sidekick I am to Jesus. And... I thought, the first thought was, what is the point of a sidekick? And when I was last here a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was listening to Jeff talk about uh, Batman and his sidekick, Robin. So I instantly thought of the other big superhero that we all know, and that's uh, Superman. And Superman never had a sidekick, he never needed one. He had these amazing powers and he could accomplish everything that he wanted to accomplish on his own by himself. He was so strong. Whereas Robin, with Batman, he just seemed to get in the way. 
I don't know if any of you uh, remember the movie, I think it was from 1997, uh, Batman and Robin, with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Well, uh, there's a villain in that called Poison Ivy, and she actually ended up turning Batman against Robin. And I just thought, what a useless sidekick Robin is. He's just in the way. And I thought, so am I the same sidekick to Jesus as Robin is to Batman? Am I just getting in the way? And I thought to myself, if I'm a good sidekick to Jesus, then I should be leading people to him. And I thought about some of my friends who don't believe, who are of other religions, when they ask me things about Jesus, when they ask me things about the Bible, and I don't know the answer. And I can't answer in a very succinct or clear way. And I think to myself, I'm doing Jesus a bad turn here because I'm turning people away from him. I'm trying my best, but I'm, I'm getting things wrong. I am a, I'm a bad sidekick. And it, it is really hard to be a sidekick for Jesus. It's a lot to live up to. And I thought, okay, let's try and find some examples in the Bible of good sidekicks. And I thought the best place to start would be Jesus' disciples. You know, who better? You know, they, they literally, you know, worked with him on a daily basis and tried to go out and, and achieve his mission. And they were awful. <laughs> you know, I, doubting Thomas, after he was resurrected, he didn't believe that Jesus had been resurrected until he had to, until he was able to touch the wounds himself, until he was able to see them. Peter denied him three times. The other one, they, they questioned him all the time. You know, they, they were absolutely, they were a pain in the bum. You know, Jesus must have been sick of him at some time. I'm sure he wasn't, but I, I would have been sick of me if that was me. And then, even, I know he was supposed to, but even let him go to the cross. Surely a good sidekick would have been able to swoop in and save the day just in time when they were able to release him from that fate. So, why would Jesus want a sidekick like me? I mean, the disciples had some redeeming features. I, I don't think I did. I think, why would Jesus want me to be his representative? Why would he want me to be his sidekick? And, and then I thought about all the things that he asks me to do. And he must get so frustrated when I don't follow simple instructions or that I'm distracted by worldly things. So, for instance, uh, things like we put on at church, courses like the Alpha Course and Freedom in Christ that I've been to, but I'll skip a session because I'm feeling too tired. And you know in that session there's going to be something that I could have learned that then I could have passed on to one of my friends who asked me a question about it later. And I realized that I am, I'm a, I'm a dreadful sidekick. Uh, another one that's always bothered me is, well, again, just being a bad sidekick to Jesus. My dad's a complete atheist, and he respects my decision. He respected my decision to become a Christian, respects my beliefs and my wife's beliefs and my wife's family's beliefs, and he gets along with us all, but for him, it's absolutely not a thing. And so I'll go off and pray, and I'll say, look, Jesus, how can I help my dad come to you? What can I do to bring him to you? And I'll get, a, you know, a voice in my head or a sign. And it was just talk to your dad about your experiences as a Christian. You know, what you feel, what you've, what you, how you've been blessed, what you've achieved, what you've accomplished with Jesus. I think, well, I'm not going to do that because my dad, he won't listen. 
It sounds stupid. So yeah, ask, I'm asking for help from our Lord and Savior and then not taking his advice. What a bad sidekick. And it goes on in that vein. I always ask. We d- I, I don't want to assume for the rest of you, but we do ask for things and then we're distracted. We don't want to listen to the advice that's given to us by God because it's not what we want. And we're being bad sidekicks. We're not being the best representatives that we can be. We're not being the best examples that we can be. And so, yeah, I've struggled. One of the things that we've done recently in church is uh, we've done a course on the Holy Spirit on a Tuesday night back over at Abbey Road. And we've been trying to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to bless us and to give us words and to give us uh, prophecy. And I'll be stood there praying with someone and I'll get an image in my head or a word and then I won't tell them. And you, you pray for these things, you want these things, you want to be a good representative, you want to be this good sidekick. And I just feel like I'm failing constantly. It is so hard to be a sidekick to one as mighty as Jesus Christ. I fail so much. But I don't just want to talk about all the failures. I want to talk about why it is so good to be a sidekick to Jesus as well. And I've realized, I've just finished, my, I've just qualified as a teacher. I've just finished my, my student year. I'll be starting properly as a teacher in September. And it's a great joy when you're, you come back to a class, you've taught them for a few weeks, and you come back and you realize they've learned something from you. They repeat something that you've taught them, or you're marking their work, and you can see that they've understood what it is that you've taught them. And it gives me great joy it's not any sort of self-satisfaction. It's just I'm so happy to know that these young people are succeeding. And I thought that must be what it's like for Jesus to have us as sidekicks. Yes, we struggle. Yes, we fail. But when he does see us get something, when he sees us succeed, when he sees us get something right, he must be so full of joy for us. And I realized that being a sidekick, it's not like the superhero sidekicks. It's not about... Um, helping them uh, foil evil villains or anything like that. It's about sharing in that joy. It's about having that relationship. Jesus doesn't want a sidekick to help him. Like I said before, he can accomplish anything that he wants. He wants sidekicks because he wants to share love and joy. He wants to be friends with us. Superman had no one to share his victories with. He was on his own. He must have been so lonely. But Batman and Robin... They had each other to support each other, to lift each other up when they were down, to share in those victories. And that's what Jesus wants with us. And so I will continue. I will never give up. I will never give up on Jesus. I will continue to fail. I know I will. But I'll never stop trying. And when I do succeed, I I know how he feels. I know how he feels. I know that he's jumping for joy when I do succeed. might be quite rare, but it makes me so happy to know that I have someone who cares about me so much and who loves me so much. I say we're not we're not just sidekicks, we're not just part we're not just part of the sideshow. We're at the forefront too. You know, he wants to share everything he has with us. So again I just want to say if you think that you're a bad sidekick, like I do, then I'll be on that side of the room and if you want to come and pray with me, you're more than welcome. And I'll I'll pray for you and say you're not a bad sidekick. And that we, uh, we will keep on trying, we will forge ahead, 
and we will keep on trying to be the best examples of Jesus Christ that we can be, and we will live the way that he wants us to live with him and for him, and we will continue to have this amazing relationship with him, and we'll never stop. And yes, we'll stumble and fall, but we'll always be there to pick each other up, and he'll be there too. So thank you for your time this morning. Thanks very much, everybody. Cheers.